Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. This is a Dude Studios production. And hey, I'm the Dude. Welcome back to Hey Bartender Podcast. It's good to see you guys again. Or, well, you know, I'm not, I can't see you. This is a podcast. What am I, why do I keep saying things like that? Anyway, sit back, relax, let's have a drink, and of course, with every show, we got to start off with the drink special. Hey, real quick, before you start off with the drink special, you know, I used to hate writing things on the specials board, because I've got horrible handwriting, and I'm tired of people just saying, what does that say? So, I found out one of my servers had really good penmanship, and actually really enjoyed doing that sort of thing, so 10 bucks to my server... And he filled out all the boards for me. That was awesome, Woody. If you're still, if you're out there and you're listening to this, thank you, thank you very much. Anyway, I probably owe, owe him a couple, uh, a couple bucks for all that hard work. So, like I said, today's drink special because of this time of year, and it seems to be popping up everywhere: social media, TV, internet postings. Uh, signs on the bathroom wall. We're going to talk about a pumpkin spice martini. Ooh, I bet some of you just—I just got your attention by saying pumpkin spice alone. I'm, you know, I'm recording this right now, and I said pumpkin spice. I bet there was a lot of ears that perked up right there. Anyway, for you people that do not know already how to make a pumpkin spice martini, what you're going to need is one shot of vanilla flavored vodka, one shot of Bailey's Irish cream. One shot of pumpkin-flavored liqueur, one ice cube, one pinch of ground cinnamon, one pinch of ground nutmeg. Now, how you do this? You pour the vanilla-flavored vodka, Irish cream liqueur, and the pumpkin-flavored liqueur into a cocktail shaker over ice. Cover and shake until the outside of that thing is frozen. You got frost coming out that thing. I mean, you could stick your tongue to it, and it would stick. And strain all the contents of that shaker into a glass garnish with a sprinkle of ground cinnamon and nutmeg to serve now as usual i'd like to remind everybody i haven't tried all these drinks that i tell you guys about on this podcast so if you go out there and you try this drink if the bartender doesn't know how to do it make sure you uh, point him at this podcast and sh- uh, you know show them how to make it and have them make it for you cuz I know there's a lot of pumpkin spice lovers out there, and it's this time of year that people absolutely go insane for the stuff. They wait all year for something pumpkin spice flavored. So, go find a bartender, have them make it for you, and then contact me, the dude. Tell me what you thought of that drink. I would love to read your comments on the air or on Facebook. So, email me, dude at heybartenderpodcast.com, or go to the Facebook page, Hey Bartender Podcast. Or the Instagram feed, or Twitter, just Google me, you'll find me. 
and you know tell me about these drinks and while you're at it maybe share a bar story with me or uh share uh anything that you've got on your mind on the facebook page i love to hear from you guys or hey if you want to be on the show just let's talk it out it'll most likely be a phone interview because uh it's tough for me it's air flights are really expensive out there you ever notice that especially when you live in the middle of nowhere where i do because you got to pay an obscene amount of money to fly from that this little small town that I live in to a bigger town and to get to the destination where you want. I have to actually fly east before I can fly west. You believe that shit? Ugh, it's, it's just tough for me to uh, wrap my head around. But in the last couple of weeks, I've uh, been wandering around and... Uh, been to a few different bars, uh, talked to a few different bartenders. Everybody out there in North Carolina, it was great to meet you guys. I hope to hear from you guys sometime soon. Uh, and also uh, the bartender at the airport. You know, your nails were epic, I have to say. And uh, I hope to hear from you uh, soon also. But what is the point of this podcast? I am here to entertain not only entertain i am here to inform and you know that's basically how this show goes along uh if i could get more guests on the show i could uh really uh get some more stories if you want to be on the show just email me dude at hey bartender podcast and we can work it out get a schedule going where you can be on this show i'd love to hear other bartender stories but what makes a bartender a bartender you know because the bartender I, I concentrate mostly on the bartender aspect because I was a bartender and majority of the time I was a bartender, my servers would be on shift with me when I get there at say five o'clock and they would leave average around 11 and then I'd be my, my, by myself for the rest of the night and, you know, cooking, uh, food, pouring drinks, serving you know, we try to say that the restaurant side is closed, but you know, you always got those people that say, you know, I don't want to sit in the bar because that's where all the evil people hang out. Yeah, that they're called fun people. Yeah. But the customers, they don't realize that uh, being a bartender and server, you know, I haven't forgotten about you guys. You guys uh, were pretty much uh, the people that saved my ass majority of the time. Thank you, Jennifer, Shannon, Lisa, all of you. Uh, I, I can't remember all the names right now, but I'll probably come up with them a little bit later and beat myself up for not saying your name. But to the civilian people that are not or never have been in the service industry, they can't understand the concept of what we do for them. So, I, you know, a couple tips to uh, survive your typical bartending night. Now this is coming from a single guy. I uh, don't have any kids. So all you uh, restaurant workers that do have kids and are, are married, trying to keep a relationship together. I'll try to do my best to do what, you know, is what I think how your world works. And because I sympathize with you, a lot of you people, but I, I, that's all I can do is sympathize because I don't I don't have kids and I uh, don't have a relationship. So some the most of the civilians out there 
being in the service industry, it's not that big a deal. I mean, how hard is it to take an order, write it down, bring the food out to people? Simple, isn't it? Okay, now, all of you bartenders and servers that are listening to this podcast, first of all, thank you for listening. Second of all, please do not smash your phone. Please do not unsubscribe because I think what I just said was as much bullshit as you probably think right now. Please do not destroy your mobile device because, you know, you have to buy another one. Well, unless you're looking to get the new iPhone that's about to come out, then, uh, you know, use your insurance or whatever. But, you know, relax, because I understand that customers don't think about all the other steps that go in between writing down the order and receiving their food or even receiving their check all the way up to there. They only see their side of the business. They come in and they have their demands. I want my steak medium rare. I want my potatoes fried and no ketchup on half the plate, but on the other half, uh, other half of the plate, no salt. And by the way, is this gluten-free? Uh, you know, they're asking idiotic questions like that. And you, I'm sure in this day and age, you're pretty tempted when somebody some, asks something like, is this gluten-free or uh, is this Atkins-friendly? Actually, I don't think Atkins is a thing anymore. But, uh, you know, when they ask you questions like that, you want to... Uh, slap them on the back of the head with the real skinny part of a fishing rod, don't you? But, you know, they don't see what all you're going through because all they see is, I want my food, I want it now, I want it prepared the way I want it prepared, and you better do it right, otherwise I'm going to make your life a living hell. Okay, now the bartender's server survival depends on a lot of things, believe it or not. It starts with a good night's sleep. Yeah, it's that simple. Good night's sleep. No, it's not that simple for good night's sleep. Speaking from the single guy, you're living in an apartment, say, and you're, you just got home from your shift after cleaning up the bar, doing all your side work, putting the chairs up. It's about, I don't know, 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. You decide you want to wind down. You watch a couple... TV shows, maybe a movie, if you're up to it, fiddle around on the computer. Then you go to bed, maybe say around 6 a.m. And then all of a sudden, the lawn maintenance people decide to do their thing at 8 a.m. Yay! Uh, and then you think, oh, okay, okay I got this solved. I'll just, all I have to do is shut the window. No, the lawnmower is a lot louder than just closing your uh, closing your window can't play music because you know all of a sudden you're turning your music up to avoid hearing the lawnmower okay yeah all that stuff that is prevent uh prevents you from getting a good night's sleep now there's nothing you can really do about that because the lawnmowers they have their job they have to do it they're getting paid that's just from a single guy's point of view now from a person with kids if you're a bartender, you tried to get your stuff done as soon as you possibly can. So you can get home, maybe get a couple hours of sleep, and then get your kids ready to go to go to school. And maybe you got two hours in between that point and when your kids have, uh, have to start waking up, get their breakfast ready, get their 
clothes changed, get their, uh, you know, all the stuff that people have to go through that have uh, people that have kids and you got to get them out the door to catch the bus or drive them to school. And you th- so I'm sure some of the customers think, well, why don't you get some sleep now? Well, a lot of bartenders and servers, they all of a sudden come home and think, you know what? I got laundry to do, or I better, you know, clean the kitchen. I better do this. And then I'll lay down for a little while. And, but that stuff takes so long when the kids are going to be home in just a couple hours. So I got to get them ready to uh, do whatever else it is that the kids do before the babysitter gets here. And so I can go to work. That is a lifestyle that I feel the pain. I, I, I feel sorry for him, but I know there's a lot of bartenders and servers that wouldn't trade that way of life for anything just because they love their kids so much. They do it for their kids. Very noble cause. But there are other customers out there. Well, in my case, they were family where they were just like, why don't you just go home and go to bed? Well, let's see. I have never personally been able to go to go home and just go straight to bed, no matter what job I've had ever in my life. There's always got to be that cool down period. I'm, I mean, some of you got to agree with me on that one. The cool, cool down period, that's where you're sitting there. You watch a little bit of TV or something before you head, uh, head off to bed because you have just come off a 10-hour shift and you've been running around, ta- taking orders, entertaining, serving, cleaning, and you, they expect people expect you to just go home and jump right into bed. I don't think so. No. You're buzzing too much. And I don't know about you guys, but it really freaks me the fuck out if I'm all I'm doing is laying in bed staring at the ceiling. I hate that feeling. It gives me anxiety. And you know, I think I should be sleeping. What's wrong with me? How come I can't sleep? All right. Uh maybe I should count sheep. All right. I wonder if I have any more of those melatonin gummies around. No, no, no. But so with that said, I issue a challenge to people that work regular, quote unquote, nine to five jobs. When you get off work, why don't you just go home, go to bed? Just put your keys down, put your briefcase down, change into your PJs and jump into bed. What? What What are you saying? You have to eat dinner, spend time with the family, get your kids to bed. Oh, you're still not ready for bed? Oh, so you're, oh, so you can, this is where you're going to sit down and have a scoop of ice cream and watch some Conan. See, I, you just can't do it. And the bartenders and servers out there, let's hear it. People, we work the hours that you don't. And it's, it, you're working on the opposite spectrum when you're a bartender or server and people just don't ever realize that they think the world revolves around nine to five. No, sorry. There's another shift and it comes in right after yours. See, typically when I got home at, when I was a bartender, I would come in, I, uh, you know, put my jacket away, turn on the TV, uh, make a extremely light dinner. We'll get into that in a second and sit and watch a rerun of a TV show. That's probably been off the air for 10 years, but I couldn't help but watch it because Fran Drescher is actually really sexy, but that, uh, you know, 
I can't just go home and go to bed at 4 a.m. after I got off work at 3.30. And uh, and because you have to eat something. I mean, some of you people live on bar food, which, you know, that's, that's just fine by me. Uh, uh, there's probably health people out there that say, no, you shouldn't live on bar, ten, uh, bar food alone. You need nutrients. And you know what? You eat what you need to eat to survive. And when you're in the bartending situation where you got breaks whenever you can get them and a lunch break, if there's time and your lunch or even, even when I was a uh, banquet bartender, uh, they gave you a half hour lunch break and ordering your food and waiting for your food was part of your break. You believe that shit? And if the chef didn't like you that much, he can give you a whole three and a half minutes to eat it. The cooks are perfectly capable of starving you during your shift. Remember that. But like I said, eat what you can when you can. That's that's how the server bartender diet is. Sometimes we go for weeks just living on chicken strips. Come on. Am I right? Or, you know... French fries that, you know, just happen, happen to fall off the plate. Yes. Come on, people admit it. You do it. But, you know, for bartenders to eat half of what is considered healthy nowadays is damn near impossible. And you know what? If you sit back and think about it, do you think those fuckers at Whole Foods think about eating healthy as soon as they get home? You know what? I think I'm going to have a granola bar as soon as I get home. Shit. Nah, they probably sit, sit down with a Coors Light and a box or a bag of pretzels like everybody else. Well, they may be gluten-free, though. Your cooks, though, are the people there. If you are the heartbeat, they are pretty much everything else in the whole service industry that uh, keeps the business running. Because what is a restaurant without a cook? You know, honestly, you you know, what's a bar bartender with a, what's a bar without a bartender? What's a bar without alcohol? And you, know, you got to think about that to survive. Your night can mostly depend on your cook. Has anybody ever sat back and thought of that? If the cook is having a bad night where they just can't keep up with the orders or they had a bad day or, you know, whatever they're tired. Uh, I mean, it can be any sort of reason. I'm not, uh, I'm not them. I don't know everything that uh, goes through a cook's head. I'm guessing some of it might be scary, but you know, the cooks get a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of work, all at once, especially in some of the bigger corporate uh, restaurants where just orders are pouring in because the servers are just trying to rotate the customers as fast as they possibly can. And it's constant, long work. They prop, they most likely get less breaks and lunch, uh, lunch breaks than any of the bartenders and servers. So, you know, you have to be nice to your cook. Because if you piss the cook off, maybe a few meals come out cooked a little bit wrong. Maybe a couple meals take a little bit longer than they should. I'm not saying that your cooks do do that. 
but kind of maybe try to operate your uh, the way you treat them based on that. It's kind of like when I was joking around earlier this week on Facebook where I put a picture of a Visine bottle and asked bartenders, is, is this bottle to help clean your eyes out or is it a form of revenge? Now, the, a lot of, there were a couple people that pointed out that uh, the ingredient that causes the quote-unquote revenge, I'm not going to get into what it, uh, what it actually does. If you're actually curious, look it up. Some of you bartenders might have been around long enough to know what I'm talking about. But the point of the uh, Visine was to cause revenge on uh, asshole customers. Now, you're the person that deals with the customers, but the cooks have to deal with you. And it becomes a cascade effect where the customer yells at you, then you go yell at the cook. And, you know, the cook uh, is, well, I don't know. It could be the reason why people show up to that bar. Of course, the alcohol is a big top player in that. But the food is also important. Uh, Some of you bartenders out there might even have to have a percentage of sales of food to your alcohol costs because your liquor control commission says you have to. And so you got to be nice to your cook. That's one of the big things of survival of being a server or bartender. Don't yell at your cook. You know, make sure they're in a good mood. I'm not saying, uh, you know, walk in, Hey, how's it going? Cause they, you know, odds are hate that. And, uh, but you know, just, they're human, just like you, and they're under as much pressure, maybe a little bit more, just like you. My cooks, I remember working with all uh, the cooks that I've worked with in the past, they were always really cool people, uh, fairly mellow, and uh, they took care of me. They made sure I was taken care of, but I was always very quick to point out my mistakes. I'm just that kind of guy. I uh, pretty much just, you know, ready to announce at any point in second, I fucked up my bad, you know, no matter what it does to my career or anything like that, it, you know, I'm always ready to blame myself for damn near everything. And, you know, there's one time where I was, uh, I'd forget, uh, somebody ordered a cheeseburger, kind of forgot to put the cheese on the, on the order. So when they got their cheeseburger, it was just a burger and you know, anybody, uh, you know, side with me on that one. Has that ever happened to anybody else before? Anyway, so I went over to my cooks and I said, "Guys, I fucked up. I forgot to put cheese, uh, add cheese to this burger." And they started laughing at me. Yeah, they cut through a couple jabs at me, but uh, yeah, they were cool about it and they quickly fixed it and it was all good. No big deal. But that is a big survival tip when it comes to working during your shift because your cooks can end you easily is oh you ordered a uh, plate of fries i didn't see that go by must have fallen behind the counter Uh, i guess i'll make that now oh the customer's already gone off in a huff oh my bad no not that that's ever happened to me uh any of the cooks that's worked with me in the past you guys were awesome another survival tip i can think of right off the top of my head is leaving emotion at the door and that is insanely hard to do. Uh, I mean, you've had a rough day. You've had, uh, because you've had a whole day happen before your shift started. 
And your customers don't see that. They don't even think about it. They think that your life started just when they decided to come into that restaurant. And so you might have had problems with your kids. You might have had problems with your husband, girlfriend, boyfriend, wife. I mean, there's a whole life that happened before you showed up for work. So when you show up for work, you've got to leave emotion at the door. Any problems that you have at home, if it's possible for you, leave it in the car. It'll still be there. Even if you leave all the windows open, nobody's going to take it. And just worry about it later. Because otherwise, it's going to kill you that night. Because your customers, in most situations, I I can maybe think of two people that may have maybe three where they were sympathetic to a bartender's or server's problems, but your customers for the most part don't give a shit. Okay. So your uh, dad fell down and broke a rib. I don't care. Bring me my beer. So, you know, if you think you're going to be able to play the sympathy card to get better tips, uh, you know, I haven't ever seen that work. And, uh, it's, you know, the customers are, uh, I've noticed are more annoyed by that because they honestly don't care. And unless maybe they're longtime regulars of yours and you've got to know them, you've gotten to become somewhat friends with them. And, uh, then maybe, uh, you know, talking it out a little bit will help you get a little bit of weight off your shoulders, but, for the most part, your customer, uh, majority of your customers just don't care about your life. They only care about them and a customer being conceited. Okay. Yeah. That's what I'm trying to tell you, but that's what they came in there for. You have to understand that they came in for food, not to hear your life story. And I saw uh, one of my servers one time, she I I guess she was having problems at school. She was getting a low grade in something and she was just freaking out about it all over the place. And the customers were actually like, um, can we get another server? I had to take her aside and I, you know, said, okay, tell me what your problem is now so you can get back to work. And she told me that she was having problems in school. And I said, okay, great. Do you feel better? You got that off your chest because we got a full restaurant right now. And she said, okay, okay. I understand. And, uh, you know, some servers, uh, just can't help it. They're just emotional. That's just their personality. And the customers, we all wish they would be understanding about that. But unfortunately, most customers, aside from regulars, just don't give a shit. I don't care about your problems. Where is my Long Island iced tea? Hell, I even had a customer one time that saw that I was having a problem trying to hide it as best as I could, but uh, people could just see that I was having a rough rough night. And so he decided to try to uh, try to piss me off. And... Yeah, well, he almost ended up uh, with my soda gun up his nose, but, uh, you know, 
I there I had to walk away from it. I had to take a few breaths. I uh because if I didn't then bad things might have happened. But I he just saw it and decided to pour salt on the wounds. Yeah, I was having a really hard time and what does he decide to do? Say some completely inappropriate things about it. And you know, some of those customers out there can see that you're having issues and instead of letting you be or God willing uh help you through it, they exploit it. And do you really want people that you barely know or even barely like to uh, know that much about you and be able to exploit you like that? I didn't. Maybe some of you do. But that guy, I wanted to kill him. Yeah, I, I'll just be honest and say it right now. If, yeah, if you ever see those TV shows uh, where they have that, uh, that flash where the person's standing there and they're getting yelled at by their boss and all of a sudden you see them beating the living shit out of their boss and blood everywhere, broken furniture, broken glass, and end with a big finale like throwing them out the window and then all of a sudden snap right back to uh, where they were as their boss was yelling at them. That was kind of like me at that, at that point. We all have those moments where our mind uh, drifts off doing what exactly what we want to do, but we don't act on it. Sometimes that's a huge thank God moment. Moving on with the show, before we bring on this episode's musical guest, I'd like to remind everybody, help support the show. Head on over to Hey Bartender Podcast. You can read my blog. You can get some drink recipes. You can pick up a Hey Bartender uh, Podcast t-shirt, or there are a lot of other t-shirts you can check out there too. Head, Like I said, head on over to heybartenderpodcast.com and go check it out. All right, next, my musical guest for this episode. It hails from Brighton, UK. From their album, Death by Music, available on Bandcamp.com. Here is Scare Taxi with their song, Great Things on My Mind.
from their album Death by Music. That was Scare Taxi with their song Great Things on My Mind. If you want to find out more about these guys, you can head on over to bandcamp.com, search them out. There you can find links to their Facebook page, Reverb Nation, Instagram, Twitter, and even upcoming shows. Go check them out right now. Last thing I'm going to bring up uh, about surviving your night when you're bartending or serving. When you walk out the door, leave everything that happened in the bar that night. Just leave it there in the restaurant. Somebody will pick it up in the morning, clean it, get it, or get it out in the dumpster. I mean, come on. It, the, the customers, let's admit it, we all get treated like crap. Bartenders, servers, cooks, just because everybody seems to think that we are the bottom dwellers of when it comes to the working class. And really, we work harder than they do for a lot less. So... Whatever happens, you know, you had a bad night, customer yelled at you, customers, uh, you know, treated you improperly or, uh, you know, whatever. Any mistakes that were made, any problems that were had, leave them, uh, leave them at the door. I mean, prime example, if, when I had a fight in my bar one night and I could have easily let it bug me for the rest of the night or the rest of the week uh, that the bar uh, that the fight started up because I saw it coming and I could have jumped in uh, diffused it before uh, any swings started to happen but I didn't or when people wanted to fight me you know they all of a sudden I don't serve them and they want they want to kick my ass and you know and they call me an asshole or they, uh, whatever. And, uh, you know, you got to leave all that stuff behind at work. Don't take it home with you. You got enough stuff at home as it is. And, you know, let it roll off your back. And it's the same thing as when you get to work. You know, whatever happens at home happens at home. Whatever happens at work, that happens at work. You know, keep your life separate. Otherwise, you're just going to have anxiety everywhere. So that's the end of the show. I'd like to thank allrecipes.com for helping me hunt down something that was pumpkin spice flavored. Remember, if you go out and try the pumpkin spice martini, drop me a line at dude at heybartenderpodcast.com and tell me what it's like. I don't have time to go out and try all this stuff. And uh, also big thanks to also want to thank Scare Taxi for allowing me to use their single Great Things on My Mind. Go check it out right now from their album Death by Music. You can find it on Bandcamp.com or iTunes, wherever you find music. As usual, everybody, just want to remind all of you, take care of yourselves because, you know, we got a lot of stress that we got to deal with in the food service industry. And, you know, I... Just love closing out my show like this just because my hero Billy Joel used to say it all the time. Lots of love, lots of sex, lots of happiness, and don't take any shit from anybody. Good night. I felt so good, I had to blow again. I said,